0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Episode 5 of Gossip, a podcast series where we discuss and try to better understand alternative perspectives on issues. The podcast series is part of Chris Network's ongoing efforts to create a safer space for discourse on gender inequality issues and human rights. My name is Angela Kugadas, and I will be your host for today. Our topic today is on the issue of the future of work, as we are still reeling from negative impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic. This episode is part one of a two part conversation. For part one of the conversation today, we try to explore the lived realities of those struggling to find employment or to create employment and the issues and challenges they face. We're happy to have Mastura M. Rashid, who strategizes for Impact Malaysia, an agency under KBS Malaysia that empowers youth to become change makers, and Joseph Bu, the treasurer of Prasatuan Kubajikam. Prokerja Industry e-Healing Malaysia, or the Association for the Welfare of Malaysian e-Healing Industry Workers, an association under the auspices of the Association of Islamic Consumers Malaysia. So welcome to Mastura and Joseph. I'm Joseph.
1: Hi, Angela. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. So thank you so
0: much for joining us today. The COVID-19 pandemic has had major negative impacts on our economy. In fact, one could argue that the pandemic has merely surfaced the flaws of our current economic system that favours large corporations and capital owners. But there is no doubt at all, the pandemic has exacerbated in extreme ways the vulnerability of labour. So Mastura, in what ways has the pandemic affected employment of young people? And where and what are the employment opportunities for these young people? And is there a gender difference in what you have been observing?
1: So COVID-19 has caused the unemployment rate to rise, definitely. So, uh, But then if you see the statistics, right now the statistics are produced by Department of Statistics in Malaysia for youth unemployment uh, under 24. So we are talking about 15 years old to 24 years old. It has increased. By 0.3% to 13.5% month on month. This is a statistic on January 2021. But if you see um statistics uh for youth unemployment from 15 to 30 years old, it went up to 0.5%, which is uh, like a little bit higher from the 24-year-old bracket. This is a statistic in December 2020, it uh went up to 9.2%. Mm. So this is definitely a huge, a huge gap. Well, some people might say, no surprise lah, every year youth unemployment rise and rise, but the the percentage is, uh, seem to be higher uh, due to COVID because apparently in previous years, the increase is like 0.1, less than 0.2. But this year we see increase up to 0.3 to 0.5. And people are no longer counting in years. People are counting in month, months. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, severe lah. So, from the percentage, we see an employment pattern. So, employment uh, opportunities are still there. But then, as we see, there's a lot of people getting retrenched and all. And employers get a huge market of senior associates, senior executives, offering themselves at at lower rates, lower salaries. I think uh, the situation proves that this is a hindrance to young people getting employed. Because employees, employers they get to hire more, uh, more people on a discount, more experienced people on a discount, while young people, fresh graduates, uh, they they got left behind.
0: And your statistics, the, the ones that you cited, do show that the unemployment affects also the ones who are like, you know, in their early 30s, right? So it's not just youth per se, no? The, the ones who are below 30.
1: Exactly. And um, apparently, Malaysia's youth rate, I mean, it is interesting to see that DOSM, the Department of Statistics, define youth by their age of, you know, 15 to 24, 15 to 30, whilst Malaysia, uh, Malaysia's youth age really is at 35 or 40. But, so, <laughs> if you see that statistics, uh, if, if you count the 35, 40, I think the uh, the percentage will be a lot higher.
0: Yeah, yeah, that probably would be, you know, a correct assumption. Well, the fact that people who have more experience are actually offering their expertise at a lower rate certainly is something that phenomena brought to the surface, you know, where where people are desperate for for an income, they're desperate to pay the bills, they're desperate to just hold on to a job, right? So when when you say that, uh, okay, so you know that, you know, there's so many young people now struggling, right? Where are they going? Is there a gender difference in terms of what are they opting for because you know when we speak to uh, researchers who have worked on this they say that actually a lot more um, women and young women have opted out because with the pandemic there's also a rise of caregiving duties and so so the the inclination is to actually ask or expect women to to stop working and to give care at
1: home Okay, so uh, for this in general, there is a a definite gender gap. According to Malaysia's uh, Gender Gap Index in 2020, the LFPR or what we call labor force participation rate for women is lower than men at 55.6%. The men one is uh some is around sixty closer to seventy percent. So that is when you count at the larger larger population, not just youth. But I believe that uh, this figure does um paint a picture on how young women are affected. So what did young women uh, resort to as they can, they could not get a job? Fresh graduate now we're talking about female fresh graduate. They could not get get a job. Uh because it's just tough fighting with senior associates, fighting with men in general. So uh most of young women they resort to gig economy and entrepreneurship, mostly entrepreneurship. Uh Impact Malaysia and Pixum, uh, one of our uh sister companies, we do we did uh, an accelerator, a business accelerator called Girl Boss. And we found uh, an overwhelming response uh, for a program that just needs 30 people. For, for a short um, promotion of like a week, we got like 250 plus-plus uh, applicants mm-hmm. And uh, these people uh, well, well, we track the age and the type of business and their backgrounds. Apparently, of course, because it's a, like like a female centric accelerator, all of them are female. But it is interesting that most of them. fresh graduates because we foresee that this is something that young women at their 30s or at their late 20s wants to do because normally which is should not should not be normal uh, young women at around age 27 to 35 they will like quit their jobs to take care of their children so we thought it will be a lot of women at their age range but Mm -hmm. surprisingly most of them are 23 24
0: 21 so just coming out of university and needing a job Yes. So, Mastura has said that quite a number, you know, do opt for the gig economy. But, Joseph, do you see young women there as uh, e-hailing riders or drivers?
2: For the e-hailing, for lady, it's uh, quite a lot. For the rider, I think seldom a little bit, not much, because of the... Maybe they are not familiar with motorbike, I'm not sure about it. But for the... For the car, it's quite a lot, but recently they are doing morning in the day, in the daytime. Uh, they are not doing the night time. Why due is that? Because of the safety issue, and due to pandemic some more, so the night time, I think the customer will be super less, uh, so when daytime should be reasonable uh, for them.
0: So what's the situation in the gig economy, like, uh, you know, among e-healing drivers and riders? Because we have seen like uh, in the past where the riders have sort of uh, approached even Sadek, right, about their issues. Is it a good option for, for young people to go into the gig economy and become e-healing riders and drivers?
2: Due to the pandemic, it's, already, it's a good time for them. Because why? Because they, they just register with the company I mean, the EHO, EHO is an e-healing company. Then the time is flexible. Then they can do whatever they want. I mean, you can do what what time is suitable for you. So for them, now it's a pandemic. It's a very suitable job for them. For temporary, not for permanent
0: When you say temporary and not for permanent, could you elaborate a little bit more?
2: Most of them, they join with the e-healing. It's from B40 Group. And B40 Group is a household income is less than 2800 per month. Mm-hmm. And due to the pandemic, the M40 group also will be joined because they suffering of the job and do they lose, they're lose losing of the job, something like that. So, is it great economy is a very really sharing economy or not? My answer is no. So, but it's not I, a
0: sharing economy. No, sharing economy. I
2: will give the example to explain why. Mm-hmm. Well, between the company and the driver, you sign with the agreement with them. This agreement we call the partnership. Partnership, when you sign agreement with partnership, we are the partner. But the real situation, you are, you are not partner with them. You are worker with them. For e-heading, just say you join with the ESO. When, when you assign the job, you get the job from the ESO. Meaning you got, you got the app. You must accept the job. You cannot ignore it. Once you ignore it, you will get the punishment. So
0: what, you, mean, what do you mean by punishment? Like punishment? What kind of punishment?
2: You cannot online for a few hours or depend on how many jobs you cancel. Maybe you can delay for uh you get punishment for one uh, 24 hours you cannot be online doing you cannot be online you cannot earn the money that's what be called the punishment so that means it's a not the flexible mm-hmm. you know, when uh, when uh, when we talk about the great government, it you say it's flexible you can do whatever time you want yes correct but in of the term you sign it it's a not the flexible that means you should accept the job even if you don't want to go to that place you might accept the job and second we talk about the food delivery when the food delivery issue we're facing is, when you send agreement with them, when you send the food, you take the food, they got a time limit to send to your customer place. The time limit, when, the, when you start the, the competition, not so much, they give you is a one hour for the time limit. So one hour is considered is a very good, it's a win-win situation. I mean, depend on traffic. But now mm-hmm. they, because of too many competitors, from one hour, he dropped to 20 minutes.
0: 20 minutes. Yes. 20 wow. minutes is,
2: is impossible. That's why you can see all the food already. They are driving the like, like a motorbike like a Formula One. Uh, this so, as, as soon
0: as the food is ready, 20 minutes to get yeah. to the next destination.
2: Yes. You can only reach in there on time, you'll the I mean, you will get so right. this, uh, a punishment. Maybe you're going to get a and incentive. So, this agreement we signed is very unfair and we cannot appeal it. So, I think this is not the, uh, the agreement. This is not a partner. This is a different way. We sign we, we the, the agreement, but we, we treat like a worker. And we talk about example number three also for the ELA. Eh? The fair, the fair is a problem. When you give the fair means uh, when the customer, when the company, they want to fight with another competitor, the only is to reduce the fare. When they reduce the fare, the customer will be happy. We'll, I get a cheaper pay and go to there, Isn't it? Every number cheap cheap price. But the problem is when you reduce the fare. The driver cannot be survived. They cannot earn money. You need to maintain the car. And this is the main issue here. When you, when you talk to the the company, the company, they don't care. Because why? As long as you do the job, I take 10% or 20% to, to my pocket. And who pay the bill? Your petrol? is It's your own. Not company pay. So this thing is very, very unfair. Mm-hmm. So you see you earn the money. Actually, you don't know, earn the money at the end. You can't need the maintenance. This is the thing here.
0: But a lot of people have said that, oh, it's good money. Like you know, um, people who have retired, they say they can earn like four thousand ringgit a month. You know, which of course young people are attracted to because that's that's really good. You know, if you're a fresh graduate, right?
2: This is called the Mr. Strategy Plan. Every e-hailing company when come to Malaysia, they'll give the very good price to to get the more driver to join drive with them. Uh, I give one example. The Green company, when they recently launched in KL, they give a very high fare. Even one driver, you can get about eight thousand per month and ten thousand mm, per mm. month. No issue for that time because that time's less driver. Nobody knows, nobody knows what it's a great economy is. Okay, so when the people join, say, Hey, brother, I can earn the money. You want to join or not? Say, or oh, eight thousand, not bad. No, I better design my job. When you design a job, you join in this become the worst thing. The nightmare is coming already because mm. day by day. Year by year, they keep on reduce the price until you want to earn the four thousand. Uh, it's very really, very really difficult nowadays. How
0: many drivers and riders are there? Like how many? How many are there right now?
2: Okay, I give the comparison for last two years, We got the two hundred and twenty thousand drivers between Malaysia, and nowadays is recently. uh recently they they give the five hundred one off to the e-hailing driver, isn't it recently? So, from that amount, we can get actual how many driver here. We got the, the now the 65,000 driver. So, less. Yeah, the balance. So, this line, where the drivers going? They are no more working there. They are no more working in this line anymore. Because they know they cannot earn money. They cannot even maintain the car as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
2: how to... I don't know how they'll survive. Because the fare is very, very cheap. Then, they cannot maintain it. And not, not this happen also now. When a great economy comes to here, they affect our traditional business line. For example, when you talk about e hearing, you affected with the taxi company. Mm-hmm. Taxi, I give one example. Taxi, last two years, we got uh, 80,000 drivers. Recently, United Berlin got 35,000 drivers. 35,000. Where are the other drivers going? They are no more working anymore. So, this, when you took great economic, good or bad, Maybe you when when I see my example, then you know already. When the beginning is good, at the end is bad. The bad not driver itself, not even driver, and the same line also affected, like the food delivery or parcel delivery. For this kind of issue, we face another problem also. You know the recently the the traditional the the, 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 the the sending the parcel company, recently they are they are they are their contract worker.
0: Mm-hmm. Why they do
2: that? Because of e-healing parcel. E-healing parcel, they know it employment act. They know need to pay the social and ETF. But contract worker, they need to pay it. That's why they stop the permanent worker, uh, the contract worker, and they try to use the e-healing, the really boring.
0: But e healing companies, are they allowed to deliver parcels?
2: At the moment, at the moment, it's temporarily allowed at the moment because of the pandemic, but after the pandemic is over, they are not allowed. It. They need to they need to to, to get the GDL license, and your 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 car need to register like, under company. There is so, under what?
0: But Joseph, let's go back to what you said, like safety, right? Because um, I think safety is uh, not necessarily just for women. No, it's also for male drivers and men drivers. And I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was an issue the last time. And, uh, and so then they introduced this whole facial scanning system for passengers where you have to show your photograph and so that the drivers will know that this is exactly who they're picking up, right?
2: Yes. Uh,
0: I also heard from like my, you know, because my cousin also does some of this e uh, uh you know, rides. And um, he said that he, he is allowed to turn off uh, to decline a, a ride if he feels the the location is not safe or he feels like uh the the rider is um, uh not exactly who who they seem to be what exactly are the safety issues for women how does the e-hailing industry deal with it
2: okay um before pandemic before pandemic for a safety issue for the even a woman or, or or male same example when you when you when a passenger they need to facial recognition and take a photo. Actually, this uh, when you when you see it, it's a very secure. But the problem is most of them they, they are not take a photo as well. And the app allows allow it to get the car. When they are say, when the puppies, you is know, in the news, news or whatever, they say they got the proper the procedure. But the actual is no SOP. You can do whatever you want. They just talk only. There's a thing here. Sometimes we see the the app is a name situation when the pickup is a lady, so we don't know, we don't know who. So this uh, will become a safety issue for driver. For recently, the last one year it happened in the Sabah, and uh, one of the driver passed away because of this issue.
0: So the sexual harassment happened for for women drivers.
2: The sexual harassment is actually happened a lot. In the line, most of them they are keep quiet because they are they don't know what to do. I give you an example when you pick up the the rider, you, you, you pick up your your so he sits behind, so during the trip, he's touching your your leg. So when you make the complaint to the even to the customer service, the customer service they just hear whatever you complain first, they are not take any action yet. But when the rider to complain it, they know when you touch it, sure you say you will complain me. So I but I better complain you first. So when the time you make a complaint, say your your passenger already complain you because of the blah 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 issue, because of this and that issue, and your app will turn off for a
0: while mm-hmm. for
2: investigation. So we we had we had right to appear, but they, they say you have right to appear. That the problem is your app already off. When the app already off, mean you cannot online, you cannot earn the money anymore.
0: So you're penalized for complaining about a rider and because the rider has already complained about you
2: Yes and the customer is always right
0: but why can't like the e hailing driver go, go to a, to lodge a police report?
2: This can happen also in Malacca and they are not compared to the customer survey. they commit the police report and you know what the police uh, tell the girls you say you want to log report can, but the, your car must bring to the balai to investigate investigation and doing that time we cannot do online because you cannot get the car how to online the business so the lady think twice if i put the car in the bar right? and how i do the business so we withdraw the case so at the here we can see that uh, we got the law but we don't have the order we're facing a problem we don't know find who for example mm. uh, you, you're facing a problem you find police police they cannot you find the, 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 uh, the, the customer service they say cannot so we don't know find who so we are building ourselves and suffer. Nobody knows. That's a very, very, very sad news, actually.
0: I mean, we live in an age where definitely there is a lot of emphasis on all this um, e-economy, digital economy, uh, the digitalization of sectors, right, especially industries, etc. So the government is very big on encouraging SMEs to digitalize and quickly embrace this digital economy, right, And use. Um, uh, websites, et cetera, to enhance their business and get business. But um, how does this actually encourage young people in this area? Do they have challenges and issues? Because is there really equal access for them to, to do what they need to do as a small entrepreneur?
1: So equality has a lot of spectrum, right? So the first inequality that is definitely the urban and rural access. So Malaysia's uh, user, internet user penetration is actually quite good at 91.7%. Uh, well, this data are all from MCMC's uh, Internet User Survey 2020. So I highly encourage young people or anyone, change makers to actually take a look at this report because you can edit a lot of projects uh, by looking at the problems. So um, in terms of urban and rural uh, separation, the gap from the 91.7% uh, penetration, Sixty-seven point two percent are urban, while rural stands at thirty-two point eight percent, which is very very low. Mm. Um, more of those analysis can be found in reports and in researchers. But most of the analysis thought that it is really not the case of the device being not affordable. It is more towards internet connection, internet coverage in rural areas. So the other uh. The other spectrum of inequality is really on gender. The worst case scenario here is when you are rural, in rural area and when you are also a girl. Why? Mm, mm. In the report, they said uh they do they did a gender distribution study, uh females stand at 45.7% while males male internet penetra- uh users uh at 54.3%. In rural area generally equality are not uh super high like the concept of gender equality is not super high. So we have we have impact youth in Malaysia. Uh, in Impact Malaysia, we have Impact Youth who does uh activism in communities. It is observed that sons or boys get more access to to the phones to their for PDPR compared to girls. So imagine if uh imagine the situation to yeah, like to, to girls or women in general in rural areas. Mm, so, mm. Yeah, that's a challenge, I guess. And,
0: and uh, you know, rural areas, uh, especially in the inland, right? So, they, they normally face transportation issues. And that's where really, like, they would need these e healing services, right? Let's not even talk about rural areas. I'm not even sure what's the status like in Sramban. So my question, I think, to Joseph and Mas, like, what, what do you see? Do you see these opportunities really distributed equally? Or is there just an over-concentration in the Klang Valley and say, like, very urban centres like Penang and maybe Johor?
2: For Ehening and food delivery, we got a Malaysia, we got the tea. Uh, three states are more important. One is uh, Selangor. Selangor and KL the same. And second is Johor and Penang. Other than that, it's not much business over there. So this is uh, a call it that um, the if you want to do the E-heading, this three state will do that. The other the other state uh the because the the demand is not there. The demand is not there. uh we can give example here in, in Penang. We got the so between five kilometers, we need to pay about uh firing There's their, their due promotion. Mm-hmm. Why they do that? Because the demand is there. You know the Kedah, star, how much they do is a uh, foreign gate. Foreign gate, no demand at all. Even they do a foreign gate, nobody wants. They also need to do the butter go to buy the food and come back because they, maybe they are used to it already. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the habit of each state is different. So for Penang, Serango, and uh, Johor, uh, there will be demand. There are the other states. It's a uh, dominance at all.
0: One thing is, I guess, demand, but the infrastructure, as uh, Mas is saying, like in the rural areas, right, where there is a need for, and the and usually the distance is actually quite a bit, so you can actually earn from that distance. But if there's no infrastructure, so, you know, then there's no job employment as well. People can't get these kinds of jobs in these areas, right?
2: Talk about the infrastructures. Uh, actually, we talk about taxi. When we go to other states, we call the Kawasan Dua some of why we call the greater sewa they don't use the taxi they use the crater sewa because the, the taxi system the already in the they got the loose already so usually they'll take the crater sewa as a their public transportation i give an example in the epo Ipoh the even so many e hearing rival company go to there but most of the riders they still will choose taxi company because they used to it they are more confident with them because the market too small, so there's a problem here. So it's not the price issue. Sometimes even you get a four ringgit, three ringgit. Uh, I think the driver also don't want to drive. Uh, how to earn the money for that? So mm. you call the you call the creator say why is it bang four ringgit? Tadao, it's ringgit. But they will have to pay because the 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 the, 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 the my thinking is different. Uh, not, not not in KL. KL in the Johor and the Penang is different because we are more in the industry right? in there is the more about the plantation so there's a different the my thinking also is different
0: ma so, so are young people still migrating to urban centers to get work or are they becoming more entrepreneurial is there you know more efforts being done to to help young people become more entrepreneurial so that they can be self-reliant
1: um yeah, can i take three step backs to like sure enjoy-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I get like
1: excited. The, the problem with uh, rural areas and gig economy, I agree. Really, it's about access and uh, about affordability more than access. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I want to comment more towards gig economy because e-hailing definitely um people can talk about price lah. But I feel like there's an opportunity to do gig economy, uh, service-based gig economy, uh, beyond beyond Klang Valley. But then um unfortunately soft, uh, software developers perhaps or their strategies may not uh, see rural areas as places um, to make money i hope that entrepreneurs service providers and uh, startups can really relook at rural rural economy and not underestimate them because uh, if you if espe- especially if you are doing a platform a gig economy platform and target rural economy uh, it is a risk but um, it is you, you are also you are taking a risk but you are also giving opportunity to youth who are living in rural areas now as right now they, they don't go to university so think by changing some part of your mindset, your strategies can think more uh, on that line, Uh, there will be a major change. I believe youth specifically can gain more in the economy because definitely youth go back to their hometown now because of Town, uh, urban area has been increasingly not affordable, and so uh, another observations that I see when it comes to um, activating rural economy really is students. Because for example, there's a project that we find Impact Malaysia find in Perlis called Sana Sini Kuala Perlis. They do digitalization of um of businesses in Kuala Perlis. Oh, nice. Hmm. so they taught uh, all the uncle auntie, all this um how to say brick and motor um businesses how to be on shopee how to um how to do online banking and all it's quite powerful but again uh before mco before everyone goes home um the business was quite good lah but now uh it's it's a bit kesian because um uh, students had went home so Mm-hmm. I see student punya migration is also a big a big problem lah. But that would
0: also still require government support, no?
1: Mm.
0: Government, you know, government programs, government support, government aid, because uh the young people, you know, they would not know, they may not have the network to know the market or the clientele, the potential clientele, potential customers and the government would have to be, you know, more or less not only support, but act as matchmaker.
1: I agree. I think MDAC has been quite proactive in matchmaking. But if you can see, there's a a lot of grants going to um, gig economy platforms in general. But the gap really is, it is really a problem when the company didn't focus on rural areas where the students are, where the young people are right now. So those who get the opportunity really is in Kang Valley, in urban area.
0: So really to think about more local solutions for, lo- for local areas.
1: I think the idea is not really localization. The idea is really about taking more risk towards change. I think right now, if I am an entrepreneur myself running a gig economy platform, I think it, wouldn't be, it would be very, very risky to just target uh, rural areas. I mean, with all the infrastructure needed, it is something that people should bet more on because Mm. what if you by choosing urban area exclusively and by choice you are you are not granting access equal access to everyone
0: certainly the pandemic has shown that there is a greater need in the rural areas because even to get food supplies to people who needed food during the pandemic uh, was a major challenge. Uh, Nobody knew what was happening. They had to ask people to raise the white flag, you know, so that they they better knew where people were located, what were the needs. So clearly, like this whole issue of um, transportation, access, you know, easy access to get basic supplies and to, to meet basic needs like healthcare needs, right? To get people out for their vaccinations, um, and so on, uh, there's definitely a clear need. So it's really like, how do we create such uh, gig economic platforms that are better suited to these uh, real needs rather than just uh, maybe the more friv- frivolous kind of like, oh, I just want to go and have my coffee, you know? <laughs> 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 Joseph's laughing as well. I guess. I guess the question is, definitely people are still taken up by the fact that the gig economy is flexible you know and maybe maybe generally we are still in this employment sort of um, you know get a job kind of mentality right so you you'd rather be hired than the one creating jobs right it's easier you you have less you you think you have less problems and i guess the 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 question then is Is there a need to change mindset to be more entrepreneurial? Is there, um, do we still try to sort of work with the current companies, the e-hailing companies to create a more conducive environment for for workers? Do they become workers rather than partners? What do you think are the next steps forward? Because clearly we do need people to have, to be able to earn an income, that's one. and then that would help them then have savings, so that you know the the these kinds of pandemics will not uh, affect them so negatively. What are your thoughts, uh, Joseph?
2: For myself, I I join with the SMB corporation. SMB, they got one part is called uh, under the PKS. PKS the small small micro small,
1: medium enterprises.
2: Small, small, medium, ah. the that is uh, the the low the lowest one PKS. So we are joined micro. with
1: we got micro MSME is smaller
2: ah. <laughs> micro. <More, laughs>
1: <huh? laughs> <environmental laughs> enterprises.
2: So when I joined with them, I got wow. the e You know, e recently they they do the one the family. I joined with them. I join I because I sell two company. One is a taxi company. The other one is a, my uh, uh cloud computing company. I joined with them. So I start the book. I think I got the. By state, by so I think that one is quite good also. You know what you have, they, they they got produced a lot of a lot of uh, information and in uh and the, the mass match matching there. I think I saw it's quite good. But the problem is when when I see the Facebook, there, the feedback is uh, most of the entrepreneurs, they are, they are zero knowledge of the IT.
0: Mm. So I, they,
2: are, they are facing some issue here. They don't know how to do it's a very simple thing, but they know how to do. So there is a point I can see. Uh, so I think they need to teach the, uh, the basic IT knowledge. Uh, otherwise, they don't know how to sell the, the E-Pamilahan boot also, I think. On top of that, they got, they got a lot of the seminar, how to sell the product to oversee, and uh, how to find a market for you. I think it's quite good, uh, that one, quite good. We uh, can I with them. I I he me two companies. One is my taxi company. The other one is uh, for, for my cloud computing company. Is a good? Okay, talk about the second. Category about e-hearing. <laughs> e-hearing, actually, uh, it's a good job also, but it's a not for the full-timer. I'm not encouraging for them. It's a good for the part-time. That's what temporary. If you, if you want to go to a full-timer for this kind of job, you better do taxi and e-hearing as well. If you do one part, you cannot survive. Why I say that because is when you do the e hailing, they got one loose. You cannot off the app to take the passenger. You off the app to take the passenger, you're under greater support. That's was they call illegal because mm. you are e hailing. Mm. And the insurance cannot cover as well. Your insurance is the one if they got on and off and on switch. When the app's on, the insurance is on. When the app is off, the insurance is off. So there's a different insurance here. When I talk about taxi company, it's a different you join a taxi, the insurance is activated 24 hours. They don't care. And secondly, you can issue your own receipt to the customer. That's why it's called the legal. But but e hailing cannot, huh? e hailing cannot. I already told so many drivers already, they still don't want to accept. I don't know why. They still want to do e hailing <laughs> I don't know why. And they still want to keep on the SAPO trip. I still don't know why. But actually, when, when when you happen accidentally, accident, uh, that means that somebody behind the lobby, you or whatever, and your passenger car is broken. Uh, That's kind of a big problem with it. I don't know how to claim the insurance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So they, nobody cares about that. They say, I I already do so many years, nothing happened. Uh.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, so they don't plan for the unexpected. Uh, we, and they're don't not know.
2: covered. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, know that they, they don't know. They don't care also. It's like if you plan it for full time, uh, if you want to secure the job, you better take taxi and e-hearing. Uh, that And that's a good, but the two become one. You can earn a lot of money.
0: Mm, mm, so mm.
2: This is my best advice for them.
0: Okay, so so they'd have to do more than one job. <laughs> <laughs> to be to to enjoy job security, they need to do more than one job. <laughs> because our
2: our our system, they got the they, they got the law, but they don't have the order. Yeah, uh, this is the yeah. thing. Yeah, you 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 law know, you know order. Then how to secure that
0: phrase? That phrase <laughs> is very catchy. Nobody <laughs> cares, the law, but no Nobody order. Nobody care you. The <laughs> <a>
2: problem here.
0: <laughs> uh, Joseph, not very encouraging, huh? but 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 like you said, people are still you know, uh, attracted to e-hailing. That there there must be something there. That is it because it's convenient? Do you think that it's a it's just a ready-made job, you know, <laughs> just waiting for you to say, "Come, <laughs> yes, I will do this." Because, because
2: easy money, you easy money means what? You can get a fund and cash, mm. you get a cash in hand immediately. But this cash is not hundred percent belong to you, because your coupon, when the car spinning, your wheel spinning, a lot of maintenance you need to pay, but they are not covered for that. They just calculate in fun, I got cash. Because now it's a pandemic issue. Pandemic means I'm not breathing. I, I already got problem with it. I need the cash in hand first. Maybe that car got problem later. I do that. Later, me a few years mm. later. I, uh, that's my thinking now. We got a driver, I ask them, you cannot survive how you do. They say, I have no choice. I need cash in hand now. I need to buy the suit and whatever for my wife or daughter. And that is the thing here. So they have to walk mm. They no choice. So this is a very sad news for
0: them. Yeah, it sounds really bad, Joseph. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Mas, what about you? What are your thoughts? I do you have a more positive note for young people? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, there are three three routes here, I guess. So the first route is really employment. So uh, this is exciting. Uh, finally talking about the future of work. Okay. So uh, employment. Um, I think the future would focus on two kinds of people number one people who are uh, very digitally savvy and uh, i read some sometime one or two weeks ago in fox uh, saying that the future of the future of uh, the employee of the future are full stack people so for example if they are on communications they need to know uh, pr they need to know uh, social media they need to know um copywriting they need to know video vide- videography so full stack. So mm-hmm. whenever Impact Malaysia does uh job security, job security, like um this kind of training, we always emphasize to our uh, attendees that the future of work is not specialization anymore. You just you have to do it all.
0: Wow, so Jane of all trades.
1: Yeah, definitely. They need to be jacks and jane, Jane should be first, Janes and Jacks. <laughs> Jane's <laughs> oh. and
0: jacks of all trades.
1: Of all trades, definitely. <laughs> The second route re, uh, the really is about TVET. Uh, it's about vocational work and all.
0: Yeah, vocational, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Because
0: that uh clearly, you know, during the pandemic, that's the kind of nature of work that uh, people seem to be, uh you know, still relying on those kinds of workers, people who come and do the plumbing, the electrical repairs.
1: Mm-hmm. It is really beyond the pandemic. It has been like that. For a long, long time, just that people don't emphasize that until things get too serious. Yeah. So, why TVET? Because uh the job, the problem with youth unemployment really is about job mismatch. Uh, I mean, 60, 70 percent of jobs are really about TVET, but there's not enough people going to TVET. People rather go and get a degree. So the in the future, parents, uh families, they need to they they need to open their minds to uh to The prospect of children, their their children, youth doing TVET, because TVET really is the job of the future. Mm,
0: I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah.
1: By doing TVET, you're not ju- doing just gig economy on Dim, for example. You can create a business out of it. A lot of businesses, break and mortar business out there is about repairing aircon, contractor work, things mm. that are beyond uh a university degree. Yeah. So the, that's the first job route, lah, the gig economy route. I think Joseph covered all of the e-hailing part. I totally agree that uh, e-hailing should be a side job. Uh, But there should be um, more platforms that focus to uh, rural areas and more uh, community-specific platforms. Because from all of us, from our observation, rural areas, even in specific pockets, small pockets of uh, urban community, Facebook groups works better than platforms. So what this show uh this definitely shows that there's a need for localized and highly um and and more inclusive platform mm. rather than the ones targeting in urban areas.
0: The but I do have a I I do have a follow up question in terms of uh you know vocational uh, training right education and training because uh currently we can actually argue that you know, in terms of TVET, uh, still it's still male dominated, and so if it when it's still male dominated, usually people value the work, right? They they tend to pay what is asked. You know, in terms of the labor and the services, but if more women enter TVET, what it's called the phenomenon is called feminization of work. So when more women enter, and in fact, if the men move out and people only see women there suddenly you'll find that people will start devaluing the work and saying that they shouldn't have to pay so much for those services they shouldn't have to pay so much for that labor and uh and you could you you can actually see that across you know especially like uh caregiving sectors where more women enter the teaching sector so suddenly it's devalued uh, you know the value of a teacher is devalued what what do you think? Do you think that uh, women will do well in Tibet?
1: Well, I totally agree on the devaluation of female work, but um, on Tibet, if you don't try, you don't know. Like we need more women in Tibet to know uh, the impact of uh, having women in Tibet. You see. So right now, uh, I think what the society, uh, what we should advocate the society to do is to encourage more, encourage their daughters, their, uh, their female children to like, you know, explore more than just, how to say, uh, than just female conservative jobs.
0: Mm, so
1: that, that's one and number two if with more females in Tibet, i i bet there would be an increase of uh, safety measures as well so what will be will be much safer because there are like a lot more uh women and um the reason why safety might not be the focus before is because people believe too much in men's uh how to say agility and you know being safe but i think if there will be more um, women in tvet there will be w- women decision makers in tvet and with women decision makers they will put the female perspective in uh, a lot of things they do yeah uh, i think the marketing you know strategy
0: for e healing works very well for tvet right flexibility you're your own boss <laughs> definitely yeah. so that that would really like work well so let's let's maybe try to persuade more people to to engage in this uh, voc- these types of um, jobs and vocations. No? So thank you so much to Mastura M. Rashid, who's the Vice President for Strategy and Development of Impact Malaysia, and Joseph Buu, who's Treasurer with the Persatuan Kebajikan Pekerja Industry e-Healing Malaysia.
1: Thank you for having me. So I hope what I said uh, today really will make sense to the change makers out there and definitely entrepreneurs. And let's do something for change.
0: Completely agree. Joseph, we really appreciate your insights and, you know, for sharing some very uh, intimate knowledge, I think, about the e-healing industry. Thank you. <laughs> Joseph is a man of few words, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> except when he's talking about the issues. <laughs> but, the, you know, th- those stories really helped a lot, like, I think, for people to better understand the situation. We've heard about the challenges of uh, for, for young people in getting employed and also in sort of creating employment for their, for themselves. And uh, there are definitely uh, efforts by the government to, to help young people uh, become more creative about how they look at work and the kind of work opportunities that could be both created and also accessed. But we've also heard about um, the challenges and the issues faced uh, by both uh, women and men uh, in the e hailing industry and whether that's really something that uh, is really supporting the government and the peoples in Malaysia in terms of uh, earning an income and earning a livelihood and really having job security is certainly something questionable as Joseph has pointed out. If you enjoyed listening to Gossip, do follow us and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be talking about the future of work, but part two where we talk more about the platforms and the gig economy and we get researchers to speak to us about what are the possibilities, what's going wrong and whether we can do anything in terms of the policies that we have in place today. You can find Chris Network on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Remember, gossip is where alternative perspectives make sense.